you know what I used to struggle with? Eating a diet that's nutrient-dense enough for me to get all of my dietary needs met through what I eat alone. I am no longer a passenger on that struggle bus because one tasty scoop of Athletic Greens contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfood blend, and more that all work together to fill the nutritional gaps in my diet, increase my energy and focus, aid with digestion, and supports a healthy immune system, all without the need to take multiple products or pills, because baby, I can't do it. And it's lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it just fits. And it contains less than a gram of sugar without compromising on taste. And right now, Athletic Greens is doubling down on supporting your immune system during these times, and they're offering my audience a free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase if you visit my link today. So you'll basically never have to buy vitamin D again. <laughs> to redeem your offer, simply visit athleticgreens.com slash bewellsis. Again, to redeem your offer, of one year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs, visit athleticgreens.com slash be well sis. Too often, Black women are a mere afterthought in conversations around wellness, but not in this space. On this podcast, the dialogue is always centered around women like you. Welcome to the podcast, but more importantly, welcome to the tribe. Be well, sis. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Be Well Sis podcast. I am your host, Cassandra Dunbar. Happy New Year. I know it is a little bit late. Um, we're about mid-month at this point, and I'm now saying Happy New Year, but I'll be honest, the first two weeks of this year did not go off the way I wanted them to, so I'm starting from the top. So Happy New Year, and besides, I didn't get a chance to say Happy New Year to you earlier, so I am wishing you Happy New Year now. How has life been treating you? How has the new year been treating you? But more importantly, how have you been treating yourself? I really hope that you are well. And if things are not the way that you want them to be, I hope that this is the turning point for you and that things will start to go your way. Um, so today we will be talking about the intersection <laughs> or uh, of our mental health and our workplaces. So as a member of any marginalized community, so whether you are black, brown, a woman, um, part of the LGBT community, um, disabled, whatever, you know how frustrating and challenging it can be to navigate the workplace. So from the microaggressions to outright discrimination, it can feel really hard to feel a sense of psychological safety and that your ideas are truly valued in the office. It really can be an uphill battle to just be seen and heard. Did you know that the average American spends a third of their lifetime at work? And as we navigate the challenges of the modern world, it is more important than ever to prioritize our mental and emotional well-being, especially while being othered in the workplace. And because we spend so much time at work, it's almost impossible to compartmentalize chronic stressors that some, of us, that some of us experience at work. For example, common physical manifestations of chronic workplace stress include, so there are increases in our, cardiovas in our risk of cardiovascular disease, which leads to um, increased risk of having high blood pressure and high blood sugar levels leading to diabetes. 
It can promote musculoskeletal disorders, disrupt our eating habits and digestive patterns. And if somebody is already suffering with mental um, health uh, disorders such as anxiety and depression, this will only be intensified by dealing with chronic workplace stress. Also, things like the weakening of our immune system, long-lasting migraines and or routine headaches, um, and just our inability to focus and having um, and concentrating on tasks are things that are direct results of chronic workplace stress. And this is just a handful of things. This isn't the entire list. I've said the word stress several times, and I want to distinguish between stresses that are challenges and stressors that are deemed by our brains as threats. Challenges are, when, are what happen when you feel like you have enough resources to cope with the situation. Whereas if the situation is deemed to be too demanding, exceeding your resources, then you experience that as a threat. So for this episode, we'll be when we refer to stress, we'll be referring to those stressors that are threats. But before we get into the nitty gritty of this episode, I really want to remind you to leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. It really helps others to find this and it helps us to know what you want to hear more of. And if you want to support us and get extra perks such as exclusive episodes, join our Patreon community at patreon.com slash bewellsis. And lastly, I want to invite you to join our group chat on the Geneva app. This year, my one goal is to find and connect more like-minded people. So we're starting here. Let's talk about what you're reading, recommendations for wellness practitioners in your cities. Um, We'll share monthly challenges and so much more to help you achieve your wellness goals. Again, join us in the group chat over on Geneva. It is completely free to join and the link will be below in the description. So join us, join your your wellness besties. So getting back to the episode, today's episode features Petra Vega. Petra is the founder and liberatory leadership coach of Create More Possibilities. She's also a facilitator radical social worker, and emergent strategist. Her background includes over a decade of experience in building power with parents and neighbors, challenging toxic workplaces into care-centered spaces, developing facilitation as an art for consensus-based decision-making, and people as experts in their own lives. It was such a joy speaking to Petra, and not only did she offer great insights on allyship in the workplace, but she has an infectious energy that I'm sure you'll all enjoy much as I did. So with that said, let's hop into the episode. Thank you so, so much for joining. As always, I am so glad you're here. Be well, sis. All right. So I have Petra with us today on the show. I am so excited to talk to you. Um, when I looked you up online, I saw like your website, what you're about. I'm just like, oh yes, we need to talk like ASAP. <laughs> so how are you? I'm so good. Thank you so much for responding so quickly. I was like, I've been listening to you for a little while. So I'm like, yeah, we're doing it. <laughs> oh, for sure. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for reaching out. Um, So let's just go ahead and jump right into it. So a couple of things that like stood out to me, you mentioned how not to gaslight ourselves specifically when we're in the workplace, right? So let me let me go back. So um, let's talk about ways that we as um Black, Indigenous, people of color um, can be vocal about 
what is going on in the workplace um, without losing our job. That, that's a big one. We want to speak up, but like, we don't want it to cost our livelihoods, right? So thoughts. Yeah, for sure. So I think the big piece is really just around like, how can we, how can we meet the moment? But I think that there are moments while we're working that we're like, oh, like it might be in our spirit that we're like, that doesn't seem right. Or we know from prior experience, we're like, mm, I don't, I don't know about this thing. And so for me, I'm always like, what are we doing during those moments, right? And for, for some of us, we may be like, that's real funky, but I don't know what to say, or I don't know if I should say something. And so hopefully I can offer some, some places to start, right? That it might not, this might not be the end all, but like, here's some places to start, right? And so during during one of those moments, I'm thinking about like, let's say there might've been uh, a decision that was made, right? And maybe um, it's something that people have wanted for a long time, right? But it was it, it something it didn't still didn't happen. But maybe there's a piece of that needed to happen uh, in order to make it possible. And so I always like to ask the question like, what made this decision possible, right? Mm -hmm. Because there might be things that we want to happen or things that we have been trying to ask for for a long time. I'm thinking about like my background is in nonprofits, and so mm -hmm. something that we always fought for was like, oh, how do we uh, get some compensation for our interns, right? Which is like very a taboo subject where like interns don't get paid but I was like that it's not right they're doing so much labor they yeah. should be paid for that labor right like all of us yeah. and so when that that decision changed for me I was like we brought data to the table uh we had talked and organized with other people around the decision and it wasn't until the board was on board that that decision happened right and so mm -hmm. I think when you ask the question like what made this decision possible really coming from that place of curiosity then you can see like okay if I want something to change what is all the different pieces in the formula that need to be present so that it can change? That's a good point. You know, I, I didn't learn that until a little bit later on in corporate life, learning all the different stakeholders that go into one little decision. So figuring out who all the stakeholders are um, and the, the reasoning behind it can help you form your own better argument to support your case for whatever you want. Really good point. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it might be, um, it might be that it's people, it might be information, and it also just might be something you haven't even dawned about, right? But I think it's just like us being more upfront and thinking about like, well, what's happening behind the scenes, right? That I think that part of it is that there's a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes, and particularly if you're of a marginalized identity, you may not be in those rooms, you may not be part of that decision making. And so when that decision comes forward, one of the things that you can say is like, how did, how do we get to this decision? Right. Mm -hmm. And then I, I imagine that people may not be expecting that. Right. Like if you're in an organization or a company that's very top down, they're like, this is a decision. We've made it. Let's move forward. Right. But just having that little moment of being like, what made this possible? That just shifts things. Right. And for me, I'm always thinking about like, what's the ripple effect? So for someone to ask that question, someone else is going to be like, that's a good question. What? Are, what? Yeah, I have another question. Right. Mm. That it, it just takes one person. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. And I'm thinking about, you mentioned that we may not be in those rooms, which is really, really true. And in organizations that are very top down, right? What do you suggest if we, if the answer is just no, but they don't give us any more context, even asking, even after asking for a little bit more context? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that kind of goes and thinking about like, what are some strategies to make change? And one thing that I've learned as someone who's like, I'm a natural disruptor. Like, I just know I'm like, I'm here to shake things up. I'm here to make good trouble. And this may or may not be some of your listeners, right? And so it's okay if you're not, but if you are, right? That the important thing that I've learned is that you need a squad, right? And that's really the piece about, again, that helps you not to get fired. That's very easy if you become the problem, quote unquote, problem person, but mm -hmm. it's much harder if you're like, 
this group of people have demonstrated that this thing would be helpful, right? Or that this idea should be implemented or this product should be implemented when it's a group of people. Like it will look really wild for people to like fire 10 people off the job. Right, right, right. <laughs> and so really it's like getting around. And so I think it's it's one strategy is like, if you feel moved enough, um, researched enough to ask that question and kind of put it out there and you're not afraid of repercussions, that's one way. And I think another way uh, that I really like want to lean on with folks that I work with is like, well, how are you strategizing with people, right? And so how are you building the kind of relationships that when you know, like we live in the world, there's going to be racism and white supremacy and heterosexual and all this other stuff, right? That's yeah. like, but how are you getting your squad ready for what, when those moments happen? Let's not act like they're not going to happen and instead be prepared for them, right? So it's like, who's going to say something? Do we know how to say something? Like yeah. who has had experience with this? What have people tried before, right? So really starting those kind of conversations so that when the moment does happen, you're not the only one that's like saying something, particularly if you're of a marginalized identity, which we normally right. are, right? We're the right. ones that are like, that's not right, because we know what that's like. But yep. it's like, how do we get our colleagues to do that? And so for me, it's really about like, what are the kind of relationships that you're building, right? Not just like, oh yeah, I talked to Susie on Monday and we talk about the weekend, but like, Susie, have you been gaslighted at work before? Mm -hmm. Like, you know what that's like? Like, that's what I'm experiencing, you know? Sis is very much an advocate for therapy, and I believe that you don't have to be in crisis in order to seek help and get support. Life is complicated. We all wear many hats, and sometimes it can be overwhelming. Starting therapy years ago has been pivotal in helping me be a better mother, daughter, and partner. It's truly been a game changer in how I view myself and the world around me. So Sis is proud to be sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy platform whose mission is to make professional therapy accessible, affordable, and convenient, so anyone who struggles with life's challenges can get help anywhere and anytime. Talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. Just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in as little as 48 hours. Then you schedule secure video and phone sessions, plus you can exchange unlimited messages and everything you share is completely confidential. Join the 3 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash BeWellSys. That's BetterHelp.com slash BeWellSys. So talk to me about if we are, let's say the only black women, the only Latina in the room, right? Um, how do we find that squad? How do we vet people essentially? Because for me, I know one of the things that have been, I guess a, a downfall for me has been, I'm the only one in the room and I immediately close off a little bit because I feel like you just don't get it. You don't get me, right? So I put up that wall without even getting to know people. So how do you propose that we form our squad and, and vet people? Yeah. Yeah, I love that question. I was just talking to my friend earlier about this course that we're doing around how her and I kind of grew up think, saying that like, we don't like people, right? And that is like a protective barrier. And like, yeah. I'm a social worker, I'm an organizer, I'm here for liberation and freedom. And that was the thing that I believed that I was like, well, I don't like people though. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because I know what people can be like, right? And so the, what I had to do, what I would offer for folks first is like, if you know that you need a squad and part of the of the way that you, that may be kind of showing up for you is like, but I can't trust people, then it's like, well, who can you trust then, right? Like, can you trust yourself? Like, can you mm. trust yourself to um, have good judgment about people? And mm. then 
And then by the off chance, right? Because I've done this too, by the off chance that you might be off, can you trust yourself not to use that against yourself? That mm. I that I think those are the pieces that like when we want to step out and we're like, okay, if it doesn't go precisely right, that like this is the work that I help people do is like, how do you step out and do something that you might go against the grain, but is in alignment of what you want or it's what you really care about? And how can you still do it even if you don't get the outcome that you wanted, right? Yes. And the piece that I still feels valuable of it is like, as long as you're just like, like, yeah, Petra, that's why you shouldn't do this. Like that, this is the reason why you don't do that. It's like, well, I can, I can choose to, to make that meaning from it or I could be like, okay, what else is here, right? Then I'm like, okay, that didn't go as planned, but what, I can, what can I learn from this moment, right? And I think too, is just like allowing people to surprise you. And that's something that I offer gently where I'm like, I don't know where, where people are working at, what has happened when people are listening to this episode, but there might be an opportunity for people to surprise you. And so I just wonder about like, if you were to take that step, right? And maybe it's like, well, I do talk to, to I'm gonna keep talking about Susie. <laughs> mm-hmm. I talked to Susie about my weekend, right? You may you may wanna take a risk in being like, you know, Susie, I've had a really hard time in workplaces before. Like, ha- has this happened to you, right? Something, something small like that. And you can feel free to remix it to a way it makes true for you. But I think it's around like, are, can we trust ourselves to be vulnerable, to potentially be able to connect with someone so that we can work towards being able to have each other's back in a kind of way? And I'm like, yeah. I think we do this with friendships and we're good at it, right? Because we're like, oh yeah, you my girl, right? right. But it's like, well, well, how can you be my work girl in a kind of way, right? Or yeah. how can I extend trust in that kind of way? And I think it's much easier when you can trust yourself. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, that one's that one's a heavy one. Just because, you know, there may have been situations where, you know, we've made mistakes, right? Yeah. This part of being human. Yep. Um, and in making mistakes, I find that me, I um, focus on the mistakes that I've made, not necessarily on the good things that have happened, right? Mm-hmm. So in focusing on what I've done wrong, I start to trust my intuition less and less, right? Mm-hmm. So any um, tips for people who might be in that spot where they just really don't trust themselves to have discernment and to to vet out the right people, you know what I mean? In yeah. being their workplace, friends, supporter squad. Yeah, I want, I always like to, as someone who's like a, I, I identify as a radical social worker, which radical means to getting at the root, right? That I while we're talking about uh, in a workplace for a marginalized individual, black or brown woman, non-binary, whoever this person is, that I always like to think about like, what's the structure at play? That I think that when we add like, what's the system or the structure at play that benefits from whatever we're thinking of, I think it it just adds a different air to it, right? And so while I may, I may internalize that I may don't have good judgment or don't make good decisions, I always think about like, who benefits from this thought, right? That like, White supremacy would love it if we yeah. didn't believe in our decision-making and our intuition, even intuition, right? That like that, for some people, it's like, oh, it's not it's not hard facts. I'm like, why do you believe that? But like for, for us who may have uh, maybe spiritual people, may have a faith, intuition leads us, right? And there's yeah. a particular feeling, a particular rumble in our hearts and our souls that leads us. And it's, for me, I'm like, well, when... Uh, we can lead astray from that. That's when stuff gets a little wild, right? But it's like, I think it's how do we slow down the process between like having, making the action or even making the decision that like, I think you could be trustworthy 
Um, and then they may or may not be trustworthy. And then what's the response? How do we, how do we, what do we make sense of that with ourselves? Right. And do we make it about like, there you go again, you're not, you're not doing what, uh, you're not making good choices, right? You're not, uh, you're not good at this thing where I'm like white supremacy, capitalism, sexism would love that, right? Cause the yeah. more that we don't feel in our power, we don't yes. feel good about what we're doing, the more they can sell to us, the more mm. that, that we will be stuck in these places. Cause you're like, I tried everything and nothing worked, right? And so for me, I also like to think about, but like, what is in your locus of control? Mm -hmm. That we can also be like, I wanna, if we are in a place, I'm like, I wanna transform this thing. And I'm like, I speak, I'm that person. And I'm like, I'm gonna change it all. <laughs> <laughs> and what have I had to learn and what I want other people to take away from is that there, we have a locus of control. We might have a circle of influence, right? Mm -hmm. And I believe that as we engage and build relations with other people, that influence can grow, right? But while we have it, and thinking about like some of the other podcast episodes you have, first you gotta be like right within, right? Like Lauren Hill yeah. told us, we gotta like <laughs> get, get right with self. And I'm like, take all the time that you need to do that. Because when you go out and you start to, to, cha to challenge power dynamics, to speak truth to power, to like, even ask these kind of questions, the system is going to do what the system does. And the system's going to make you believe every which way that you are wrong. And yeah. so I've just, I've just come up and I have someone who also likes affirmations. So this might be like some journaling work, some affirmation work that it's really like, how do we reconfigure in our beautiful brains, different pathways to think about the things that we're doing that mm -hmm. aren't against us, right? Because mm -hmm. any message that we get, that's like, we suck, we're evil. There's nothing that we do matters. Like, we're unworthy, unable, we can't do anything from that place, right? Yeah. And like, and and it was and it was set up that way. It's also just want to acknowledge, right? So the folks who may be listening that are like, I done tried all of that. I'm like, I hear you, but maybe mm -hmm. let's keep talking. Like, hit me up. <laughs> right, right. But Our information like, will be in the show notes. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> like, I hear you. And I'm like, I bet you there's something else that we can do, right? Or there might be a piece of something that we haven't thought about. And so I think about like, again, what are the practices that we can do individually? And this is like being vocal in the moment. I know we'll talk about performative allyship. So I think this will also help with like, if you are kind of seeing people from the outside and you're like, okay, I've been trying to say something, I've said it, maybe people have responded in quote unquote positively or a way that I expected, maybe people haven't. And now you're like, okay, I'm just out here. I'm just out here trying to make change by myself. How do I do it differently? You need the people, right? Mm -hmm. Which is like, uh, depending on how we grew up, where we grew up, we, we don't know how to relate to each other. And that mm. is just like, we're in an exploration of that. I think like friendship is one experimentation. Being in a romantic relationship with someone else is another experimentation. We're just trying to learn how to be together. So this is just yeah. another way that we're trying to learn. How can we be together? How can we have each other's backs? How can we hold each other accountable? Where in these moments, you're like, you know what, Dan, I thought you had my back. Like, we right. don't need to talk now. Because you're yeah. like, Dan, you didn't have, what's that about? And yeah. like, so we're going to have to also uh, have the the kind of skill and the muscle of dealing with conflict in that kind of way. And all of this stuff is about conflict, which I also love. But I'm like, I am. a <laughs> Yeah, I know I'm not the majority. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm um, I didn't like I knew it, but I don't keep it like forefront. When you mentioned that, you know, who benefits from us internalizing these things? white supremacy, the the power, the system, right? Um, and I think that's so important to keep at the forefront. Um, so that way it's a way to get out of our minds and back into the real situation, right? Um, 
I know for me, I, I'm so good at blaming myself for all the, the things that I did when I didn't know or whatever. And allow me to like stay there a little bit too long, like, you know, self-pity and all that good stuff. Um, but I, I'm so happy that you mentioned that. So that way, like, it's a good reframe. Like, I don't know who benefits from me sitting here in my self-pity or sitting here beating myself up. They do, right? Mm -hmm. They being the system. So no, 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 let's turn that around. I'm yeah. really grateful you said that, yeah. Yeah, and I want to add that like even I want that to hold and I'm also somewhat of complexity that I'm like there are multiple things happening at the same time. So like, yes, when the system is benefiting from this, but also you are a whole spirit having a human experiencing and someone that did something that was messed up to you. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, if you need to be in your feelings, I am, I love a pity party, have it as long as you need to and <laughs> go through it. Cause we also don't want to avoid cause then that stuff is going to creep up. It's going to compost in our bodies in a different kind of way. It's going to come out in a yep. way we didn't anticipate. Yep. So also like, yes, it's not beneficial. And two, but I'm, I, how can I be in, in the presence of my full experience of this thing? And like, mm -hmm. for me, I'm like, I'm going to be mad for months and I'm going to do that. And I'm going <laughs> to get back on the horse of change. <laughs> I'm going to keep on keeping on. I, I appreciate that. So going <laughs> back to the squad. So is the squad one person, two people? Like how ideally, how big is the squad at work? <laughs> mm. I would say I'm someone who really likes to look at the small things again, because I'm like, here's a sentence, here's a question, here's a moment that I'm like, I think start small, right? Particularly if you... Um, are not sure I think start with one person and like is it cool if I share a story I want to share a story about like a moment that I around like how uh I'm describing this is very intentional because I'm that person but I also just want to describe a story just in terms of like I know that there are moments that happen and this is a moment to kind of see like well who's your squad right or how yeah. do you get people ready to create change and so there was a moment in my uh I think it was my last job that uh, we were a national organization. And so shout out to people who work at national organizations. They are a whole slew of uh, a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I know corporate has their whole thing, but like nonprofits who are nationalization are also a whole thing. And so part of the whole national thing is that we get together, uh, we got together once a month and we would say like, okay, how are we doing with this project? And everyone would go around and they do what people do, right? We're like, everything's good. Everything's great. Everything is as is. But you know behind the scenes either because you talk to some people or because you have kind of picked up and you're like everything is not together, right? But when we get into that meeting, what do we do? We show face. Yep. Put on a mask and we're like, everything is great. And everything I'm everything's wonderful, right? And so for me, as someone who like I'm very invested in my healing work and having a particular relationship with myself that isn't uh punitive or against myself. And so I was like, I don't have it together, but I will. Right. Cause I'm mm -hmm. like, I, I'm not, I'm not using that again. And it doesn't make me have it not together, be a good worker. I'm a good worker. I know that already. Right. But mm -hmm. like at this present time, I don't have it, but I will. Right. Mm -hmm. And so in that moment, my colleagues were like, yeah, we don't have it either. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why I said that. And so I was like, we're going to, we're going to make a moment of this. And I was like, we all did not have this thing together. We all had questions or we didn't have our ducks in the row, but I was the only one that said something. Why did that happen? Why, why are we respectfully like being fake with each other, right? And these are people that I, I was working with for like six months to a year at that point, right? So like, I've known you, we've had like one-on-one -on -one conversations. Why are we putting on this facade, right? But it's the, 
it's, I think the thing that happens when we get into groups, we're like, no one wants to seem, um, like uh, weak or like, like, like weak deficient, or whatever. Deficient, yeah. Submissive. And we're like, but I'm like, why are we doing this? And to me, it just didn't make sense. And so we were like, yeah, we're like perpetuating something that we don't want to be doing. Like we don't have to do that. And so I think we had a conversation about it and that was like a tough conversation to have, right? Cause it's a little bit of a call out, a little bit of a call in, but like I had the relationship to be able to kind of say something like that. And so I also like people saw how I rolled. So they were like, oh, this is very Petra to ask a kind of question and, and to act, kind of bring us in further into like, can we pay attention? Cause I think there's so many moments that we have that we're just like getting to the next thing, getting to the next thing. And then when something does happen, we're like, oh my God, what do we do with it? And like everything, the whole world is crashing. But like, what if we got into a practice of like, let's slow down. How are we, how are we being right now? You know what? Uh, I, I appreciate that. And it made me trigger like a thought, a, a memory for me. And so when I was working on this one team, I felt like that would happen often, right? Where I was the one who was like, let's keep it funky guys. Like we do not have it together right now, but we're getting it together to our like superiors to external stakeholders, right? And then they would follow suit. And I'm and I got tired of why am I the one who has, I feel like it was extra emotional labor in a way. Like, why am I the one who has to like keep it all the way funky with these people? Um, and amongst ourselves too. Nope. Yep. And it's like it's as a as a woman, as a person of color, I think folks who, if you want to see change, it it will likely be additional labor, right? Mm. But what I, what I, I'm like, I just want to say that straight out. I'm like, no, people aren't doing that. People will just be wanting to like clock in and clock out. Mm -hmm. But I think if you, if that is not how you want to live your life, it will require you to shift in a kind of way, yeah. right? So I think it's around like, how can you pay attention to when you are the one that's like, we need to keep it funky. But then you're like, I'm damn tired. I'm like, then take a break. Yeah. Like you get to take a break. And then you get to come back and then you get to decide, okay, am I going to keep it? Can I continue to tell people to keep it funky uh, all week? Or am I just do it one time this week, right? Mm -hmm. That you get to kind of uh, renegotiate that with yourselves, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's also with like, every time that we enter a meeting or an engagement or like a relational people, we get to renegotiate how we show up. And like, unfortunately, because of the way that workplace culture has developed over years, again, that prioritizes the system because it's like, if y'all aren't talking funky with each other, then you probably aren't talking about salaries or about issues yeah. or about such and such that did this thing a few years ago, but I have been here that long, so I remember, but you don't know, yep. or uh, any any of those things, right? Mm -hmm. That like, if y'all don't keep it funky, none of those things are possible. And so then the power structure and leadership doesn't have to change. So of mm -hmm. course, they're going to want to like, keep it, keep it. Keep status it, quo yeah status quo keep it nine to five don't be doing all of that right but for me i'm always like but what are the company's values right that many companies have values around like collaboration right. or relationships so i'm like this is our value this is the this is the thing that we believe in how does that look like mm -hmm. and so from that place that's another strategy right that like oh you know i'm really thinking about like we focus on relationships but i see that we we're not really building any relationship in this agenda mm-hmm yeah. And so it requires people to like interrupt that like these aren't just words these aren't just things but like how do we be intentional how do we be more present and like how do we bring that into the fullness of our experience and for me I'm just like we spend so much time at work mm -hmm. so much time yeah so how do we just do it in a different kind of way and for me it's like but bit by bit right and it may require some labor from some of us and for and I think I 
in the last podcast that I've heard of you uh, talking about like white feminism and all this other stuff that like, yeah, it's not going to come from people of privilege, right? Because it, mm -hmm. it could not, like they have not had the same experiences we have. They do not have the vantage point. And so it will, it will require us to do it. But I'm like in that kind of responsibility, I'm like, there's opportunity. We get to decide how we do it. Mm -hmm. We got to do it, but we get to decide how we do it. And yeah. so I'm like, house, wait. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Did you know that according to research published by the National Institute of Health Database, that roughly 42% of the U.S. population is deficient in vitamin D? Unfortunately, many of us aren't routinely checked for deficiencies during our routine checkups and our insurance companies make it difficult to get assessed for certain things. That's why I'm so happy to partner with Let's Get Checked. Let's Get Checked makes professional health testing easy and provides more autonomy by letting you get tested without having to visit a healthcare provi provider. From hormonal health panels to STI tests to micronutrient levels, vitamin D tests, cortisol, thyroid, and so much more, let's put your health back into your own hands. You can order a testing kit that will be delivered to you in discreet packaging. Once your sample arrives in the laboratory, confidential results will be available from your secure online platform within two to five days. These results are reviewed by a clinician and a member of the Let's Get Checked nursing team may call you to review your results. Let's Get Checked laboratories are CLIA approved and CAP accredited, which are the highest ranking levels of accreditation. So if you want to feel more empowered in your health and wellness and get tested at home, visit trylgc.com slash bewellsys and get 25% of your test using code bewellsys. Again, visit trylgc.com slash bewellsys and get 25% of your testing using code bewellsys. So that brings us to... Um, performative allyship. So in creating our squads, what are some, first of all, let me go back. How do we know whether an ally is really an ally or if it's just, just for show? So performative allyship. I love it. And so I want to, uh, a quote, uh, there's a, a writer and I believe it's a nonprofit. His name is Boulay. Um, and he kind of coined this term retroactive allyship theater that I brought it to my organization. I was like, y'all, some of us is doing a lot of this, right? And so I'm like, I'm, I'm, I would love to share with you the notes so that people can look deeply. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm like, I, in all of my years of being in the workforce, I'm like, there are so many of these. And so I'm curious which ones kind of stand out to you when you're like, I know 10 people that do that. <laughs> so one, one of the ones, right? Oh, but let me, let me, let me kind of go back that retroactive allyship theater is all about um, when someone waits until a critical moment, right? That maybe someone said something or did something that was funky, not in the way that we just described it, like not good funky. <laughs> and then the moment passes and that person didn't say something. And then they try to act like an ally, right? And there's all of these ways that people are like, I want you to know I'm down, but like, when you needed to be down, baby, you wasn't down. Right, like know? after the meeting, yes. Mm -hmm. After the meeting, right? So there's one that's like, um, you offer condolences or sympathy after the fact, right? You're like, oh, I'm so sorry that that person said that racist, sexist, homophobic thing after the meeting. When it was like, where the where were you, John? Like, I don't need it at this point. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, red flag. <laughs> <laughs> that's one, right? Or it might be folks that are like, you know, I really agreed with what you had to say in there. Um, you know, uh, uh, that's one, right? Another one is like, oh, I wish I could do that. I wish I could speak up the way that you do. I hate that so much. Mm. 
hate that one. Hate mm. that one. Because it's like, you could. Right. You could. In the same ways that I am trying to build that relationship with myself and my intuition and my trust so that when y'all come at me wild, right. I don't take it against myself. You could do that work too. Right. <laughs> so it's like, how do we, so those are some of the things that you're like, mm, okay, you like halfway there, but this isn't the way that you need to be acting, which I feel like is what allyship is. And you're like, there's some intention or desire, but your follow through is off. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Um, there's another one that it might be like that this person uh, is more mad about it than you are. They're like, oh my God, I can't believe that that happened after the meeting, buh, 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 buh. or maybe a few days later, they're like, oh, like I'm still thinking about it. And I'm like, you could funnel that energy to right. whatever the issue or the situation was, right? That I think part of the the, the theme with it is that then people are funneling their uh, emotions, frustrations, experiences to us mm-hmm. versus towards the thing that actually happened. Yep. Which is allyship, right? You're like, I want to prove to you that I'm a good person, that I care about you, that I care about this, that I am, and I can, I do better, like, but it's not that. It's like, how do you do the thing when no one's looking? Mm-hmm. How do you do the thing when maybe no one asked you, right? And maybe in the beginning, people need to ask you. So I also had like, part of my experiences is like, um, when you shared earlier, when you're like, I feel like I'm the one that's trying to keep it funky here, right? I'd be like, can someone else remind us? Can someone else be responsible for making, reminding us that we are not gonna be doing the same things we're doing elsewhere? We're gonna, we gonna keep it a hundred. We're gonna do, we're gonna be real with each other. Could yeah. someone else be in charge of that? In the same ways that like, I don't know if they corporate do this, but like, and nonprofits, you might have like someone to facilitate or take notes or uh, mm-hmm. share the PowerPoint, make that a role. Like who can remind us about our values or who mm-hmm. can remind us about how we want to show up with each other? Mm-hmm. How do we want this to be different? And I think about like, oh, how do, how do we get a practice in that? That it may be not be um, probably to develop that kind of culture with folks who are in leadership in the beginning, because it's a muscle, right? Like this stuff is hard, it's yep. complex gonna get a little messy and so the best way to make it to start is like to start you and at least another person yeah be like you know I've I've noticed because I think some hints is like oh someone else who kind of speaks up the same way you do or maybe has similar values and having that kind of conversation you're like you know I feel like I feel like you and I jive in this kind of way I've been thinking about this right and it might be like well I really don't like that decision that was made right or I think like it would really benefit us to include more people in this decision or um I have this idea and I feel like every time I bring an idea, it doesn't work out. Like mm-hmm. how, what, what if we band it together and brought the idea together, right? Particularly if that person is a, a privileged identity, which mm-hmm. I'm also always telling folks who maybe white, cis, hetero, male, like use your privilege for good. Like get behind people who are here making change, right? Because when you do it, you're not going to get the same kind of flack that we do. Yeah. And that's just honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, there's a, a level of grace ascended to other people, unfortunately. Yes. So I was actually talking to my therapist, like, I think it was last week. And I was telling her how, like, when does the work end? Like, when, where's the finish line? Because like, dang, right. She made the same face. She was I'm like, so baby. Sorry. I'm also a therapist on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, babe, there's. We just keep going. As long as you're alive, you got to keep learning and unlearning. Um, so, but what I appreciate in our conversation just now between me and you is that um, I see like the work that you do inside 
how it can translate out outwardly. So like in your workplace, you know, like you said, we spend so much time at work, more so at work working than we do with our own families, unfortunately, right? So if we can use what we've learned doing the self-worth examination and all that good stuff to like make what we do for a living more pleasurable, I, I think it is just more encouragement to keep going, even when it's tiring, um, healing essentially. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to add that I, uh, there's a, she's, she takes on many roles. Her name is Agent Marie Brown. And one thing that she says is that we I need more her. pleasure in our, I know, right. In our movements and in our social justice. And I think about like, even like, it's not, may not be necessarily fun to like, disrupt someone's language, right? Or to call someone in deeper around a conversation. But for me, I just think about like, well, how can I make it fun though, mm -hmm. right? That I'm like, oh, here's a way that I get to, again, and I'm someone who's always thinking about the status quo. And I'm like, we would love it if we stayed separated, if I allowed them to divide and conquer us, if I allowed them to, to make me believe that I, there's nothing I can do. And I'm just like, every day I'm like, how can I make white supremacy angry today? And I'm like, <laughs> those are the ways, like that feels nourishing for me that I'm like, our ancestors did that, right? Our parents did that in different ways. People that took on and taught us different things. They were like, how, how can we turn up some good trouble, right? Yeah. And have a good time. And I think the piece around like, yeah, this work is, is forever. If you want it to be, you always have an out that even all of the things that I'm sharing, feel free to take like a piece take nothing at all, take what feels useful. But the, the really thing is that we have a choice, right? Yeah. And I think that in workplaces where we're taught that we don't have any choices, and I think it's because those of us who may want things to be differently, may not know how, don't know that it's possible. And like, I need my company create more possibilities. And I'm just like, how else can we do this differently? That I like so strongly believe that because I've seen it in my, in the ways that I've shifted and how I've showed up to be, for it to be possible. So I'm just like, People need some tools mm -hmm. and people need some healing and people need some people that I think it's also where like, I could do all the things, right. That I, I just did a, a IG live with someone who specializes in the strong black woman schema. Mm. And I'm like, I'm sure you've had episodes on this, but mm -hmm. I'm like, that's not helping this situation. No. Right. To be like, I'll do it all. I, I'll wear the cape. And I'm like, no capes. You don't right. need capes. You, right. you are whole and able and capable and we need everybody. Mm -hmm. No one is as smart as everyone. And the, the job for us is like, how do we find those people that are like-minded, connected to us? And then how do we build a relationship with ourselves so that we can be open to other people? And in the times that like, they may not do what we want them to do. How do we not make that about us? Mm -hmm. How do we not make that about them? And how do we continue to be like, yeah, I still want to be in relationship with humans on the planet, even though it is wild to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but how do I still want to do it to still figure this thing out? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so beautifully put um so you mentioned pleasure a, a second ago so um life is complicated so what is something that has brought you some joy in the last like 24 hours Ooh. I think I mentioned this earlier and I also do a shout out because you probably might be connected to or follow similar people um Alexis Pauline Gums she has a course around uh, Octavia Butler's work, who I love. And so I am doing this course with my friends. Again, y'all, things are sometimes it's better with people. I'm also an introvert, so I like doing stuff on myself. But I'm doing this course with my friend. And so it's been, and I'm dedicating the course around my creativity. And so I got like a brand new journal out. I'm like in my dreams and my ideas. And I love thinking about things theoretically. That's why I'm like, 
all this stuff around principles and values. I'm like, I love that. And I want to be like, but how do we do it in real life? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's a course that we just started like a few weeks ago. And so I just finished chatting with her and just like, when, when you do kind of allow yourself to get to know people, to put yourself out there in that kind of way, to let other people know you, which is very risky and very tender, but just the, the joy, the laughter, the affirmation, the like the goodness that I hope people can get from engaging in some good trouble with their colleagues. Like that's the stuff that I live for. And so I just had that conversation before and I'm just like, I love you. I'm so <laughs> glad I met you and we're friends and I met her at work. And then we did the thing where like we work together. Now we're friends, which is yeah. a whole other thing, uh-huh. <laughs> but it's special. Right. So I think it just being like in the, in the joy of finding people who, you don't have to work hard with mm-hmm. you know like, yeah. it just comes this is just fun we just get to like be here and do this fun thing together oh that's beautiful and it's funny I had a similar situation I found somebody I met somebody online and we would dm back and forth we're very aligned in what we do and I'm like we're in the same city let's have lunch and we had lunch yeah. and it was great and like you I'm introverted but I'm trying to like you know branch out and yeah <laughs> and it was really really nice um So thank you. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Be Well Sis podcast. For more information on anything discussed in this episode, please see the show notes and or visit www.bewellsispodcast.com. Oh, and don't forget to leave a five-star rating on Apple. Until next time, be well, sis.